0: Welcome to This Week in Windy City. Today we'll be taking a deep dive into the Windy City Thunderbolts over the last seven days. High deep drive out to left. Axel Johnson turns and runs. And he watches that one go. Bolts have the lead right back in the top of the ninth. And we'll get you prepped for the upcoming seven-day stretch with your hosts, Alexa Harley. Any analysis on that?
1: I couldn't see it that well, but, you know, it was caught. And Andrew Mild.
0: I was always a dill pickle guy, and some people give me some disgusted looks when I tell them that. They don't really care for the dill pickle. I don't understand why. This is This Week in Windy City.
1: Welcome back, Thunderbolts fans, to the second episode of This Week in Windy City. I'm Alexa Harley alongside Andrew Mild. And before we even talk baseball, we got to talk about that intro because we didn't have one last week. So now we not only do we have baseball, we also have a little bit of comedy because Terry picked out some of our best highlights that we have, I think. I think that's our best work we've done on the broadcast. You said you're a dill pickle guy. Is that that what the conversation was?
0: Yeah, it was talking about sunflower seeds because we were talking about how gummy worms kind of were disappearing.
1: Okay, yeah. So
0: I mentioned how, like, people steal sunflower seeds and Connor asked me what kind of seeds guy I am. I said, oh, dill pickle. He goes, some people don't agree. They don't agree, but dill pickle is the way to go, in my opinion.
1: We always had, when we had sunflower seeds in the dugout when I played softball, it was always ranch. Ranch was the one that everyone Stuck with. I wasn't, I like sunflower seeds, but it, like if I was going to snack on anything in the dog yard, it was always like bubble gum. I would rather just chew gum or like big leaf chew. I was yeah. what I did. Sunflower seeds are a hassle, like taking them in your hand, spitting them out. It's just so much work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed sunflower seeds more because I felt like big leaf chew, though, taste didn't last very much. And you keep throwing more in. The next thing you know, you have a whole wad yeah. in your mouth and it looks like you're doing chewing tobacco. And yeah, <laughs> it, it's not fun, but. Ranch was good. Uh, the buffalo was oh, good.
1: Buffalo.
0: And, uh, I'm trying to think the other ones I had. Dill pickle, of course, I mentioned before. The, the plain ones always went a long way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, those were the good go-tos. And I love your analysis that you gave. <laughs> so it was very spot on and very uh, in-depth. I think it's a good word for it.
1: I think it's some of my best baseball journalism work that I've done all year. That one sentence of, you know, it was caught. Cause I mean, what else is there to say when the ball is caught? It was caught. Cause when we do a three-way broadcast, it's, you know, we're in a tiny room and you Connor's on my left and you're on my right. And there's two windows separated by like a beam. So if I'm sitting in the middle, I'm directly behind this beam. So I can't see the pitcher when he start, like, starts his his windup. I have to like lean to the left and then lean to the right immediately to see where the ball is like either caught or hit. So anything hit, up the line or to center field like is blocked from my view so I don't remember who hit it I don't remember who caught it like I remember saying this and I know it was I want to say last Thursday's game and ball was hit and I bobbed and weaved to try and find it and the last like two and a half seconds I saw was it being caught and Connor was like Alexa you got any analysis on that and I was like well um I really didn't see it but uh it was caught so
0: I like how you see bobbed and weaves you made it sound like you were trying to call a game while in a boxing match against Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah.
1: It's like, you remember the game temple run, like from years ago, that's how I yes. feel. And I'm like going back and forth.
0: Wow. You just pulled out uh, a middle school memory. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: welcome. I, I'll I re it. I'll re download it and play it again because you know, it was, it was iconic then. And I think it's still iconic now. It was a great game.
0: All right. We'll both re-download it. And mm-hmm. then we'll do one race and then send our squares to one another and see who did better and see who was yeah. the ultimate uh, temple run champion.
1: Yeah, so tune in next week for no Windy City Thunderbolts baseball. No, 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 Temple Run to see who is the better player. That's what we'll talk about all next week.
0: We're bringing that back. We're okay. going to bring back Temple Run uh, along with, uh, what was the other game? Tappy, Tappy Bird? What, is that what it was called? Flappy Bird? Flappy Bird. Yes. I never
1: played Flappy Bird.
0: It was addicting. I wasn't that very good at it, though. So it got deleted.
1: All right. Well, let's, let's actually focus on what we're here to talk about. Yeah. So I got my, my large coffee, and it's uh, 3 p.m. now, and we're going to dive in. And do kind of more of an overview of this week in Windy City because I don't feel like there's anything specific that deserves like tons of attention because there's like a lot of little things that kind of all add up to this one big topic of almost like a pivotal turning point that I've seen for the Thunderbolts in I would say the past, honestly, 10 or 12 games, but especially this week, it's become really evident that morale is higher. And I think that is obviously translating to, even though, even though they lost two to Florence, just the offense is more consistent than it has been especially in all of gym you know
0: yeah and you know you and I have talked about that before the one day the team will score 14 runs the next day will score two and can't get mm-hmm. hits at the right time and I think that's the biggest turning point right now is that the Bolts are getting hits with runners in scoring position or runners on base and they're keeping the line moving instead of getting one hit every inning and leaving guys on base uh they're a lot more clutch hitting is that what yeah. we're seeing We saw that in the Southern Illinois series and a lot of that on Sunday against Lake Erie when they finally snapped that long losing streak against the Crushers.
1: Yeah, that was very important. I mean, even though they didn't win the series, but just that win in general really, I think, maybe cemented in themselves that they can compete in the Central Division even though like Schaumburg and Lake Erie had both been very difficult for them to compete against in June. And I think winning that game, I think, made it more aware that they're not out of – you know this playoff run yet playoffs aren't really two months like they're, they're not out of it and we talked about this off air but when you're playing teams like Evansville and Florence you know even if you're not beating them you know Windy City got swept by Evansville a week and a half ago I shouldn't say it doesn't matter when you're playing out of conference or out of division teams because it does matter every win counts but if the goal is playoffs you have to win your own division so you have to beat those teams first so I mean, you want to beat everybody. So right. you want to win every game, but I, I wouldn't let losses to out of division teams really like damper spirits.
0: Well, the, the one thing right now, it's tough for the Bolts is that they don't get like a series against a team that is below 500. They played yeah. Chamber and Lake Erie for what was that, like three, four week span? And
1: that was the longest like 20 days of my life playing. It those really teams. Was. It's just, it was. It was the same faces all the time. And you, you could tell both, like both teams, I think, were a little bit. Honestly, I annoyed, but they were they were ready to face new pitchers, new new stadiums. I mean, they were just ready for something yeah. else.
0: Well, it's kind of annoying as a broadcaster because you're, you were say something like, "Jack Struntz hit really good against Schaumburg," but then you have to go back and clarify which series it was. Yeah, all the series they played, and then once that streak ends of Lake Erie and Schaumburg, you turn around and you face Southern Illinois, who won five straight. Florence, mm-hmm. who has the best record in the league. And then you have Evansville at home with two 1030 start times. So we're going to have breakfast together on Wednesday and Thursday Oh yeah, uh, against the team with the third best record. And then you go back and have to travel to Southern Illinois, an- another really good team. Mm-hmm. So for them to be 500 uh, in the last couple of weeks against some really tough teams, it's a really good note for the Bolts. And you even said it you go you're you sit with the team the entire games at home and you say that the atmosphere feels so much more different Mm -hmm. than it did about a month ago uh when the bolts were struggling a little bit
1: it's it's a complete 360 and a half i mean it's even it's it's more It's, it's it's everything and i know everything's a very big term it doesn't really help people that are listening but even when they're down they don't look or like feel down and you know some of the same struggles happen you know errors happen you know there are nights where the hitting isn't or you want it to be some people still struggling at the plate, but overall, like as a unit, I'm, I'm going to say it. Siegian, Wise, higher and, and Hair. Those three additions have really like bumped up the pitching, the defense, and the offense, as well as just versatility, because Siegian can play outfield and catcher. So now you've got what, four or five catchers who all can also play other positions. So you've given yourself one, a lot of depth within your own, you know, dugout. You've added another arm in that bullpen, which had been struggling after losing Miller about a month ago. And the rotation seems to have settled with Logan Wiley moving up into that empty spot that Air left. So every sort of facet of the team is, is kind of like finding all, all the gears are turning. And like, we just need the clock to go in one unit right now. Right. And, and we're almost there. But I, I think this week will be a challenge because not because the team they're facing necessarily, but because these games are at 1030 in the morning. Yeah. That's a yeah. different, that's a different day for these players coming in that early to play at 10, 30, like that two days in a row, but that's something they haven't done all year.
0: Right. And then it's, it's Wiley and Fisher, those two days. Mm-hmm. So Fisher should know all about starting early and later, you know, he knows how to adjust as a veteran. And then Logan Wiley should be a fun one. He, he just came out of college and they usually yeah. play early games anyway. So it shouldn't be that big of an adjustment for him. but it should be fun for us on splash day. Flash <laughs> all the, little kids that we sent beneath us
1: you'll see me walking into the stadium just holding my coffee just just ready ready for it to start just I don't think anybody on the team has seen me like awake that early like we don't we don't come in till about three o'clock most days so this is going to be a change for everybody
0: right yeah I I know uh, when we're talking to Terry about those 10 30 start times he goes guys don't roll in till about 8 30 and he says uh they definitely have an adjustment to make but the Bolts have a lot of veterans on the team so it shouldn't be that big of an adjustment and uh, it should be a fun one. It should be a fun series against Evansville. Uh, the team that swapped them about a month ago. Yep. And this is a completely bolts team as we've mentioned here already on this podcast.
1: Yeah. And Evansville, we, they haven't played in Dozinga field. So one, it's an adjustment for them. I mean, being the away team is, you know, never the best because you don't get that advantage on the ninth inning if you're batting last, but since the Evansville sweep a while ago. It's a totally new team, but it's totally new attitude. You know, they haven't Evansville hasn't faced Wise Hire. They also haven't faced hair They haven't faced I don't I correct me if I'm wrong, but Logan Wiley did not start during that Evansville sweep. He was not a part of that starting rotation yet.
0: I don't think he was even on the team yet.
1: I don't think he was even on the team yet. So it might
0: have been another week. Re- and, that,
1: and you know, Evansville may have new additions as well, and new pitchers. They may have changed things up, so it's an adjustment on both sides. But the attitude, and we talked about it a lot, the last game against Southern Illinois, the gummy worm attitude, just the high energy, the, almost the, the laid-back, relaxed approach to everything has really changed attitudes from the young ones to the old ones and the manager, just all around, like morale is high. Everyone's excited to play baseball again, which I felt like in June, there was kind of some dread around it, especially in the Schaumburg Lake Erie back and forth, back and forth. But what would you say? I don't want to say turning point because I feel like the Southern Illinois series and the Lake Erie win was kind of a four game turning point, but I I feel like there's been almost a complete shift in the offense and I don't want to credit that all to wise hire, but it's hard to not credit all to wise hire.
0: I think a good turning point is I'm going to go back a little bit further. Okay. Okay. Was that first game against Schaumburg, uh, the Bolts are coming in and Peyton Isaacson hits that first inning home run.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: what really started the Bolts because they won that game Mm -hmm. and then they had some confidence and then they scored again in the second game in the first inning with Peyton Isaacson. So he was really clutch for the Bolts when they needed him, And that's Mm -hmm. what really started the, the motion that the offense was going to be being very aggressive in the first innings, trying to jump on the starters. And that's what led to this sweep against Schaumburg. And I think that clicked in the mind of the bolts, like, Hey, we can compete with the best. We just have to attack them early and put them on the ropes instead of us being put on the ropes. And I think that gave the bolts confidence The offense, as you said, looked a lot better being Mm -hmm. aggressive. And then with two strikes, they're protecting and, uh fouling off some really good two strike quality pitches and I think with the win over Florence on Sunday and then now you have Evansville coming in the Bolts going to have you more confidence especially after a John Seach and go ahead homer in the ninth that's always fun and usually one home run like that could spark a team that has been mulling around 500 for the month
1: well yeah and even like you just said talking about Peyton Isaacson and those uh home runs and those runs scored early even in the florence series windy city scored first in every single game now they only won one but that attacking the plate early and scoring first i think one i mean you have the advantage you have the edge because you're leading but it also it just keeps reiterating this fact that the bats work
0: yeah and And, yeah the the bats have been good and the pitching's really turned it around tyler thornton mm -hmm. looked amazing yesterday
1: yeah it's important to know when we talk about Windy City I mean they don't for the most part lead in any stats any individual they're not Tyler Thornton I believe is third in the ERA or fourth in ERA in the Frontier League but hitting wise they don't they're not even up there when it comes to team average or individuals Calabrese and Wisehire are the highest on the team but they're nowhere near the top 10 so this isn't a team stacked with stat leaders and league leaders. They're a team stacked with I want to say scrappy underdog players that when you put them together work really well. Which to me, I think scrappy baseball is more exciting than stat leaders. And you can argue with me all you want. But it's more exciting to watch guys that are clutch play together.
0: Yeah. Uh I think the team really good at getting on base. That's what they were designed yeah. to do. That could yeah. that's one stat they lead in. I think they're in the top five of 14. Um, But you don't want to dive into those numbers. But you're right. This is definitely a team that has a chip on their shoulder in a league where there's a lot of players like that. But these guys take it personal. They could be down. Mm -hmm. How many times did we see them go down early in the game? Six nothing, four nothing. And next thing you know, they win because they don't want to go away. They don't give up on themselves. And that's a credit to Brian,
1: the -hmm. manager.
0: That's a credit to Kevin and the veterans that are down there that want to win that want to make the playoffs and they want to beat these really good teams and we're near the halfway point and the bolts are 10 games below 500 but that was because one bad month in june there's plenty Mm. of baseball left and if they can put it together and gel all the pieces that they have all this should be a really fun team because they have the heart to win and if they make the playoffs they'd be a very dangerous team against other teams
1: i completely agree you mentioned Brian and Kevin, and Kevin Santiago and I joke around a lot because back when uh, the uh, NHL playoffs were going on, I was obviously pulling for my Tampa Bay Lightning. He was pulling for the Habs for some reason. I didn't understand it. So we would joke around every day about, you know, Habs and seven, and I was Bolts and four every day. So we've we've developed, you know, a good friendship. And we were talking about the inconsistent hitting. The first day back from the Schomburg sweep, that first game against Lake Erie, I asked him, the biggest thing on paper that struggles with the offense is the fact that leave so many runners in scoring position and they can't capitalize on the runners they have on, you know, right. as a hitting coach, if you're just working on BP, you're working on your individual swing. How do you mentally get them? I don't know, more equipped to you know, hit with runners in scoring position. Cause they're always high stress situations. And his answer was pretty simple. It was, it's just something you got to do. I mean, it, it's a mental thing. You know, it's not something you can really work on in BP. You just have to be one, a consistent hitter. But you also can't be I don't know, boxed in when there's two outs and bases loaded. Cause that was a big thing we saw. There's yeah. a lot of moments where, you know, three, two runners on or bases would loaded and there's two outs and the guy would come up after just, you know, five hits in a row. And whoever was up for that final at bat with, you know, tying run on or the winning run on would strike out or pop out. And it just, it seemed to be like they would kickstart the offense and then it would just die back down really fast. And literally the next game they started scoring with runners on scoring position he came up to me and he's like see it works it works and I was like what do you mean it works <laughs> like it just it just seems to turn around like that that once they do it once they can do it every day
0: oh yeah and it just takes one game for them to have those mm-hmm. big clutch hits and we saw that with Lake Erie and I'm, I'm we're trying not to throw too many stats out there but this is when I saw they scored five runs and four of the five were from two out hits yeah that drove in the run so that was big and of course broadcasters jinx you and i talked about it yeah into that game connor doesn't believe it's real i believe it's real uh i'm assuming you do um but that's what happened and i think with them having the same approach even if it's 10 to nothing or a tight game of being aggressive uh first pitch fastball and again fouling off two strike pitches and making the pitchers make mistakes is the biggest thing and putting pressure on the pitcher to execute and making you a very tough out
1: yeah So before we wrap things up here, because I think we talked a lot more than we did last week, because I think, one, we're both way more excited with how this team played last week. So now it's much more exciting to go to a field. I mean, there's a lot more excitement. There's a lot more joy. There's a lot more want to play. So let's wrap this up. What do you foresee happening with the Evansville series? Let's just take that portion. Let's not even talk about Southern Illinois because that's until the weekend. Just Evansville, that's tomorrow. The one nighttime game tomorrow, I think, is pivotal. For how the two afternoon ones work. Because both teams are not equipped for 10 Shouldn't they're not equipped. That's not true. They're all equipped for a 10-30 game. They're just not used to a 10-30 game. So the nighttime game, I think, is a, is a really pivotal one for how this series will play out. What, what do you think on that?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. That's a very pivotal series because third-best record in the league, a team that swept them. And we t- talked about how last week was test week for the Bolts because Red Hot, Southern Illinois, and number one, Florence. And now you get a day off today, which is nice. But you won Sunday, so you can carry that momentum into Tuesday, where it's Kenny Matthews, who's been lights out the last two starts. He's been amazing yeah. to watch. Not too many strikeouts. Uh, it's going to depend on what the weather does. The weather's blowing. The wind, wind blowing mm-hmm. in, gusty day should be a great day for Kenny Matthews. I think if he goes out, shuts down Evansville on Tuesday, and sets up Logan Wiley and Jake Fisher to follow his lead on Wednesday and Thursday. It should be a fun series for the Bolts. They need to at least take two games and yes. go down to Southern Illinois, a team that's going to want to beat them bad after that series that snapped their six-game winning streak because they took game one against the Bolts. Uh, so I say Matthews sets up Wiley and Fisher. Bats have to stay hot, which it should, and yeah. take the momentum in Southern Illinois, beat them again and continue the momentum try to end july on a good note and take it into august because if june was a bad month and now they have to make up some ground against schaumburg and like you who are leading
1: well i couldn't have said it better myself really we really put it into words
0: yeah thank you i mean uh i love your analysis of all <laughs> being caught so i didn't want to yeah. I like, I like to
1: I like to keep it short and simple. Just, I'm a woman of few words. you know. Yeah,
0: there you go. They're short and sweet. That's the way to go.
1: Exactly. Well, that will do it for myself, Alexa Harley, and Andrew Mild on the second episode of This Week in Windy City covering all things Thunderbolt Baseball. Tomorrow is the first game of the three-game series against the Evansville Otters. First pitch will be at 7.05. Thanks for watching. Or listening, because you're not really seeing us. You're just listening. But thanks for listening. <laughs>